Thanks, Josh. Hello. 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 You can sit down. Thanks, team. Give him a yeah. Give him a hand. Thanks for coming this morning. Who's having a good morning so far? A few people. It's always encouraging. It's a good thing I know you love me. No, I'm sure everyone's having a great morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what I want to share with you this morning. I know it's a good word and um, I like it because it's based around one of my most favourite little stories in the Bible. It's only a little one, but it's so powerful. There's so many, so many nuggets stuffed in there for us to have a feed on. And um, I know it's going to bless you. And particularly coming out of you know, some of the stuff that we've been hearing over the last few weeks, it's been blessed by, by the ministry and um, you know, sowing seeds. And, and, and you know, mum was talking about you know, planting a mustard seed last week. Um, knowing how, how small that seed is and how, how much how much growth and how much fruit can come out of such a small small seed. Anyone seen a mustard seed before? You can barely see it on the end of your finger. Like it, it's it's tiny, you know. And so I really feel like God's on that 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 message. And um, but what I want to f- focus in on this morning is is really around. <clears throat> who knows that there's a, there's seed time and harvest? Who knows we, our job is you know we, we plant the seed. But then there's this this time of waiting, you know, and and a lot of the time in in that time of waiting is where the most miraculous uh, um, things are happening, you know, that that stuff that goes on underground that that the farmer can't see and he doesn't know what like I know something's happening, but I just don't understand or how the, how that's working, you know, and so I feel like this message really really ties in and helps us um, and equips us for that that time. That, that waiting time, that waiting on God. You know, the seeds are planted, but, but you know what? Sometimes we just have, we have to wait a little while until we see the harvest, but we know the harvest is coming. Amen? Who knows that their harvest is coming? Who's planted some seeds lately? Yeah? Well, I feel like this story really gives us a, a hint and, and, and an idea of what we can do in that time of waiting. Amen? And it's it's... It's, it's wonderful, and, and I know you're going to be blessed by it. But firstly, we're going to look at Romans 10, 7. And you don't have to turn to it. The guy's going to put it up on the screen, I'm sure. The title of my message this morning is, What Are You Hearing? What are you hearing? Turn to the person next to say, What are you hearing? Let's love on each other. Bless God. Thank you for this time together, Lord. In your word, we thank you, Father, for what you want to show us, what you want to reveal to us. We know it's going to be good, Lord. We know it's going to help us. Father, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Father, that right now that you are, you, you're already doing a work in us. You're already softening our hearts and opening them up to receive what you want to reveal to us. So, Father, we're here. We're ready. We're, accept, we're expecting. And Lord, we thank you, Father, for the goodness that's going to come from this. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us always, in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So Romans 10, 17 says, I know, you, I know you know this, but what are you hearing? So what are we hearing? We are hearing this. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Who's heard that scripture before? It's a good thing that you're hearing because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Like I said, this is, this is a wonderful story that I love, and we're going to camp around this story. It's in Mark chapter 10, and starts at verse 46. And now I know you've all heard of a guy called Bartimaeus. One or two people? You might, might have heard of him as blind Bartimaeus. He was a blind guy, okay? And this, this story in Mark 10, 46, it goes through to 52. It's the New King James Version. I'm going to read, read the whole story. We're going to, as I said, going to bounce back and forwards in this and pull out, some, pull out some awesome stuff. So now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he had heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Who's ever cried that out before? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. And he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be, to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? You're starting to see some, some, some incredible stuff going on in here. There's these statements, these, these, these questions, these you know, instructions. You know, just really pay attention to the words. Continue in verse 51. The blind man said to him, Raboni. Didn't know he was Italian, but. This is just how you say it. Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Praise God. So that's the story. It's not a massive story. It's not a, not a you know, one that takes up chapters. It's just, just a few verses in the midst of what was going on in Jesus's life that is quite amazing I'm going to show you some stuff okay so in the context what, what was going on in this time is that Jesus was actually one week away from his crucifixion okay he's actually heading to the cross right? which is which is quite amazing it was one of the things that makes this um this story so so wild you know and obviously there was a great multitude you know, a whole bunch of people that, that and the thing about Jesus, and, and I know that you know this, is that he always had a lot of people around him. You know, he was just that kind of guy. People just wanted to be with him. Anyone want to be with Jesus? Yeah? So you always had people around him, okay? And so, but Bartimaeus wasn't actually a part of that multitude. It was just the guy sitting, sitting on the street, doing what he's been doing his whole life, begging for help. Okay, so he wasn't actually part of the 
part of that multitude. But see, the thing is that the thing about Bartimaeus is, is what he did is why he's in the story. His response to hearing, someone say hearing, that Jesus was coming is why he's in the story. Is why he's in the Bible. It just takes up those few word, those few chap, those few verses. Okay. So verse 46, let's go back to that. So we're going to bounce around a little bit. It says, Now they came to Jericho, and he went out of Jericho, and his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard, someone say heard. See, this is the first thing. This, this is the first really amazing uh, point we're going to pull out here. When he heard, someone say heard. That it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So we don't know this for sure, but the chances are that Bartimaeus was blind since he was born. Okay? So he'd never seen, obviously never seen a human being before. Okay? He'd never seen Jesus. He'd never seen any of the miracles that he performed. All he had to go off were the stories. All he had to go off was what he, what he had heard, what he had heard people say about Jesus. Okay? He'd never, he'd never like I said, he, he was, chances are he was blind since birth, never seen a human being, never seen any miracles, never, seen, never even seen Jesus, but he heard he was coming. He heard he was coming. He'd heard the stories about him. And so here's the question for, for us. What stories are we telling? And what stories are we listening to? Let me say that again. What stories are we telling and what stories are we listening to? Amen? Because here's the thing. What we hear will either activate our faith or it will deactivate our faith it'll either water the seed or it'll corrupt the seed what are we hearing so the person says next you say what are you hearing because the stories the stories become the words of our mouth Amen? The stories become the word of our mouth. They, they, they become the thing that comes out of our mouth. And we know that there is power in our mouths. We know that there is power in our tongue. There's this quote that, who's heard of a guy called Shay, Shayan? Yeah, look him up. He's pretty good. He's pretty cool. But he said this quote, and it was this. He said, God never engages in small talk. God never engages in small talk. His words are full of power and they always produce the desired effect. See, what we hear and what we tell become the words of our mouth. And they're God's words. They're effective. They're powerful. And they will always produce what they're sent out to produce. Amen? So our stories are so powerful. They move us, they do this, they move us to action or shut us down. 
This is what our words do. This is what our stories do. They move us to action or they shut us down. They activate or deactivate our faith. They produce life or they produce death. They produce fruit or they produce waste. They produce blessings or they produce cursings. This is what our stories do. This is what our words do because our stories become the words of our mouth. Amen? Mark 6.30 says this. It says, then the apostles gathered. See, the, the, the disciples and the, the, the apostles, they got it. They understood this. They understood the, the power of the word of their mouth. They understood the power of their testimony. They understood the power of their stories. It says in Mark 6.30, it says, then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things. Gathered to Jesus and told him all things. But the guy, that, the guy that knows everything is still, still telling him all things. Saying things, both what they had done and what they had taught. They shared the stories. Some say, I need to share my story. I know you know this, but we've we got to understand that, that testimonies are not just for a season. They're, in a, they're eternal. Like we're here and we're actually learning from the testimony of Bartimaeus, his story. They're eternal. So you could, you know, you could think that, you know what, I haven't really got a story that really feel like, you know, you know, everything's been going great. That's your story. God's blessed me. They're eternal. But the, you know what, they are, they, they definitely are for a season. As well, because people need to hear him. Amen? Come on. Does anyone need healing in the room? Then find someone that's been healed. And hear their story. See, what are you listening to? What are we hearing? You know, does anyone need uh, you know breakthrough in their marriage? You know, restoration in their relationships with people then glean off people who have great marriages or have great relationships with others hear their story what are we hearing you need financial breakthrough then find someone that's really good at stewarding their money this is, this, this is what we need to be doing these are the stories that we need to hear because the stories become a part of they, they become the word of our mouth Amen. Hear the stories. This is what this is what Bartimaeus had done. You know, the thing is, is that it's all he could do. He was blind. All he had was the stories that he heard. And you know what stories do? Also, they glorify Jesus. They empower faith. They empower our faith. Sharing our story brings glory to Him and empowers our faith. Isn't that wonderful? This is um, Abraham's, this, this is in Romans chapter 4, verse 20 to 24. Let's look at this. This is speaking of Abraham's faith. Have you heard of him? One or two people. This is verse 20. This is the Amplified as well. It says, No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. Isn't that cool? But he grew strong 
and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he had promised. So unbelief and, and mistrust cease. Isn't that good? Unbelief and mistrust. Anyone had struggle believing sometimes? Yeah? Well, this says, this is what Abraham did, is he praised and thanked God. And when he praised and thanked God, that disbelief or that mistrust ceased. Isn't that wonderful? Verse 22. That is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness, right standing with God. But the words... Uh, yeah, but the words it was credited to him were written not for his own sake, but they were written for our sakes too. Come on. Righteousness, standing acceptable to God, will be granted and credited to us who also uh, to us also who believe in, trust in, adhere to, and rely on God who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Sorry about that, the paragraphs and little you know, well, brackets put me off. How I'm supposed to read this sometimes. In the airplane, anyone ever had that experience with the airplane? Look. Anyway, it was wonderful. All right. That's a lot of words. So catch this. Here's what we've got. We share our testimonies. We share our stories. And when we hear others' stories, unbelief, and mistrust leaves. This is what it does. It then empowers our faith. So empowered faith comes. Isn't that good? Empowered faith. We need some empowered faith. All right? Belief, trust, and reliance in God comes because we receive Jesus. He comes in. He gets involved. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Let's read it this way. As far as when we share, see, that, that's what we, we receive, Jesus. But let's, let's, let's think of it from the point of view of let's share our story. Okay? So we share our stories. And when other people hear our stories, unbelief and mistrust leaves. Empowered faith comes, belief, trust, and reliance in God comes because they receive Jesus. That's the gospel. Just our story is the gospel. It's not that complicated, but it's so powerful. Amen? Come on. You know, and this is, you know, think about this for a second. You think about that and then think about the Pharisees and their experience who had all their senses. All right? They're like, you know, show us another sign. Show us another sign. But all, Bar all Bartimaeus had was what? What he'd heard. What he had heard. 
the stories. But after he'd heard the stories, his faith was empowered. And what happened? He was healed and he was saved. Glory to God. Let's look at verse 47. Verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I asked that question before. Has anyone ever cried out for mercy before? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Just thought about this, this story. Ever thought that how amazing it even is, is that Jesus actually heard Bartimaeus in the first place? Like, I think that's, that's just, that's amazing in itself. When you think about, like, there's a multitude, and we don't know exactly how many, but multitude would imply multiple amount of people. Quite a few, a lot. So you would think that, in a, and I don't know if you've been in a crowd, most people would have, but it's generally not all that, that, that you know, that quiet, okay? I'll often notice that when I'm at home, you know, not all that often by, you know, by myself watching some footy or something like that. And I see, you know, like Friday nights actually when the kids are all gone to youth and then they come home right about when the footy started. I've got like the TV volume on about 25, you know, but as each one comes, I'm just like skipping up like t 10 volume levels for each child. So we get to about 75 and we'll get just hear what's going on. And then I turn on like the teledeck, like the teletext. <laughs> it's the only way I'm going to ever be able to hear anything. But anyway, a multitude of people, you'd usually imply that there's a lot of noise. So it's amazing that Bartimaeus even heard, uh, was even heard by Jesus in the first place. Anyone agree? And, and you think, the thing about this also, this is also amazing, is that Jesus was actually passing through. He wasn't, he had no, actually, no actual intention of stopping. Remember, he was on his way to the cross. He had somewhere to be. He was actually on his way to save all of humanity. So the fact that Bartimaeus was heard and the fact that Jesus even stopped is just mind-blowing. I told you there was some really cool stuff in this story. Amen. He stopped for him. I want you to have a look at this. I've got a little picture to show you. First, just put the first picture up. This is this is what's amazing. This is what I want you to catch from. Where's that? Where's that picture? Oh, look at that. There it is. Anyone see what all that is? The whole bunch of seals, fur seals. It's like a seal colony. It's quite amazing. But I don't know if you can see in there, you can see a whole bunch of like, I think, yeah, they're, they're our first seals. Can you see all the little little black ones? In there, they're all the pups. Isn't that amazing? So basically we've got a seal colony here, and, you know, you probably think there's a multitude. <laughs> there's thousands of the things, okay? But here's, here's what I want you to catch from this. You can put the other little picture up if you like. We've got a, a first seal and it's pup. Oh, isn't that nice? But here's what you need to understand. Is that, 
You saw the first picture with the multitudes, the thousands of, of, of fur seals. But did you know that a mother fur seal, regardless of how many pups are crying out, barking to get their mum's attention, that mum will always find its pup. And that's what happens. Like they go into the ocean and get food and come back and the pups are barking and barking and barking, but that mum can hear that pup can hear that pup doesn't matter where they are how far up the beach they are they can hear that pup and they'll find that pup just through what it hears i'm sure then that they can smell and stuff too but it's, it mainly comes from what they hear okay here's the other interesting thing about mothers and pups or mothers and babies is that it's is research being done that says that 80 percent of, of women or mothers all right 80 percent of mothers will turn to the cry of a baby even if they know for certain that their child is safe at home. All right? They'll turn. All right? They'll incline their ear. What, what, that, what was that? All right? Isn't that amazing? Okay? So what's the point of this? Is that mercy hears a cry for mercy. Mercy hears a cry for mercy. Ask that question. How, you know, it's amazing that Bartimaeus was heard in the first place with the multitude of people. But see, mercy hears a cry for mercy. Jesus is mercy. Jesus is mercy. Mercy means this. It means compassionate. It, it means it shows pity, kindness, benevolence. See, there are two statements that are made here. Jesus, son of David. Bartimaeus knew who Jesus was. Okay? He knew who Jesus was. The second statement was, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus knew what Jesus could do. Bartimaeus knew what Jesus could do. Is that okay? So Bartimaeus knew exactly what Jesus could do because Jesus is mercy. And mercy hears a cry for mercy. Jesus is compassionate. You know, he, he, he has pity. He is kind. There's some people in the, in the room that need, you need to hear this this morning. He is kind. Amen. He is benevolent. He is peace. He's healing. He's everything you need him to be. You know, it says in, in Exodus chapter 3, it says that this is Moses. He says, Who are you, God? Who are you? And God says, I am that I am. See, he is everything you need him to be. He is everything you need him to be. He says, you know, he came that we would have life and life to the full. He doesn't miss a thing. Doesn't miss a thing. Come on, let's have a look at verse 48. So mercy hears the cry for mercy. Verse 48 says, Then many warned him to be quiet. So this is the crowd talking to, to Bartimaeus. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out 
all the more. This is Bartimaeus' response. He cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. I know who Jesus is and I know what he can do. See, there will be no mention, you know, of this story if Bartimaeus had listened to the crowd. So I just some cool stuff in this story. There, there will, this story would not be here if Bartimaeus had listened to the crowd. Is that right? See, he had, a, he had a need that the crowd didn't have. Yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't care. He shouted louder. Yeah, he, he couldn't care less about the crowd. He was like, here's this Jesus I've heard about. Here's my opportunity. Jesus. This guy that I know can heal me is in the same place that I am. This is my moment. So I don't care what you're telling me to do. I'm going to shout louder. Has anyone ever experienced any resistance for things they are believing for? Are you getting this? Have you ever had any resistance, you know, for something that you're standing in faith for? Let's learn a lesson from Bartimaeus. You just got to shout louder. Amen? Just got to shout louder. Louder. You know, Bartimaeus was persistent. And here's a little, little note, you like little phrases you can write down. Despite resistance, maintain persistence. You like that one? That was a good one. I made that up. Bumper sticker. Despite resistance, remain persistent. So this, this is so important. See, Bartimaeus, what did he say? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He got louder. Just get louder. He, he knew, this is, this is what Bartimaeus knew. He knew that the mercy that he was after was in Jesus because Jesus was mercy. He knew that the mark of mercy would be his healing. He knew that the mark of mercy would be his healing. Let's have a look at verse 49. Verse 49 says, so Jesus stood still. That's amazing. Remember, he was on his way to save all of humanity. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. (laughs) Then the crowd changed their tone. And said, I added that bit. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, 
be of good cheer. A moment ago, they're telling him to shush. Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. So Jesus stood still. Key moment. Okay? Remember, he was, he was going somewhere. And you know what? There's numerous times in the, in the Bible where Jesus was going somewhere and someone interrupted his plans. Why? Because he's mercy. He's benevolent. He's kind. You think of you know, Zacchaeus, the woman with the issue of blood. You know, like many times he, he would stop. Many times he would, he would, you know, put his plans on hold to show mercy. And, you know, what's so amazing about this story is that, is that he stops. You know, he's on his way to the cross to save all humanity, which, which we mentioned. You know, this is a week out from the crucifixion, yet he hears the cry of this man and he stops. Why? Because he's merciful. He is mercy. I am that I am. Amen? <clears throat> all right, so he's, he's these little funny things that I pick out of stuff sometimes. You know, you would think, you would think that considering this guy was blind. Okay, remember Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus. You would, you would think, considering he was blind, that Jesus would have gone to him. This is significant. You could catch this. You would think this, right? He's a blind guy. You know. You would think Jesus would go to him. Okay, but he didn't. He stopped and he said, come here. Okay, he said, come here. So why is this significant? Catch this. Because it was in that moment. Someone say that moment. It was in that moment that Bartimaeus was healed. That moment. Come here, Bartimaeus. That's the moment his healing was manifested. Remember this, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, it was that moment. See, he wanted Bartimaeus to live the truth and respond from a heavenly reality. So he said, you know, I'm not coming to you. I know you're blind. He's, he's kind. But you know what? The kinder thing for me right now is to tell you to come to me because in that moment you'll be healed, Bartimaeus, if you respond. This is even, this, this is awesome as well. Are we ready? Bartimaeus knew he was healed in that moment. He knew he was healed in that moment. How do we know this? You know, he, he could have said, you know what, are you serious, Jesus? Like, you can see I'm blind, right? Like, it would be a whole lot easier for you to come to me, like, considering the amount of people that I have to get through to get to you. All right? But he didn't. You know, he, he, he could have he said, you know what, help me out a little bit, you know? <laughs> Maybe, like, I don't know, Marco Polo would help. Like, Marco... You know, like something, give him a hand, okay? But he didn't because Bartimaeus knew that he was healed in that moment. How do we know this? You're right. Verse 50. 
This is how Bartimaeus knew he was healed. Verse 50, and throwing aside his garment. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Now, I need to tell you real quick, we're not, we're not, I haven't got much time left, just want to finish this off. The thing about the garments is this, is that the garments, are, uh, in, in, in Jesus' time, the garment was worn, all right, to indicate that you had some sort of disability. Right? It was like a pension card. It was like the reason that he was allowed to sit on the side of the street and beg. Okay? So people could identify him as a blind man and say, like, he's, he's legitimate, he's allowed to be there. Okay? They probably had like different colours for different ailments and different things like that. I don't know. But, but it, was a, it was an ID card. It was like, like a, a, a pensioner card. Everyone got, everyone got that? All right, so this is why this is significant. This is how we know that Bartimaeus knew that he was healed. You know, he, he, he got up, threw his cloak off, and he said, I'm healed. He's like, Jesus is calling me. I don't need this thing anymore. Mercy is calling me. I don't need this thing anymore. Amen. He's, he's like, oh, it's a done deal. I'm healed. I don't need this thing anymore. And he threw, throws his pensioner card to the ground. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not blind Bartimaeus anymore. I'm Bartimaeus, the healed man. This is how we know. He threw his garment aside. You know, and this is, this is the point for us. We don't need to identify with our past or our circumstance anymore. We need to throw that garment to the ground and put on our robe of righteousness. We need to understand that that, that robe, that, that righteousness is something that was purchased by Jesus on the cross. Our, our identity is in the fact that we are now sons and daughters of the King in right standing with him. We are in right standing with him. We are at his right hand. We are, he is in us. Where he is, sickness can't be. Depression can't be. Oppression can't be. That's who we are. Amen? Let's look at verse 51. We're wrapping up. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? This is what Jesus said. What do you want me to do for you? Again, it's one of those moments. Well, come on, Jesus, you know I'm blind. You can see I'm blind. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? See, why did he say this? Why did, why did Jesus say this? Is because he needed Bartimaeus to identify. Someone say identify. What it was that he needed. Okay? He needed, to, he needed Bartimaeus to identify what it was that he needed. You see, see, quite often we can be like, you know what, Jesus, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do. Has anyone ever prayed those prayers before? Yep. Said that's okay and they can work. All right? They can work. But positioning and alignment to the truth is so important. And so what being specific does is it positions us and it aligns us. 
to the truth. So we sometimes we need to get specific. You know what? Like if you want pumpkins, you plant a pumpkin seed. If you want mustard, you plant mustard seed. You get the point. We need to be specific. When we when we when we're specific, it positions us to receive from Him. It's like getting in like the priority queue at, at do they still have those? The priority queue queue at, at, at the cinema. Okay, it's like. When you're in that priority queue, you've already got your ticket, you've got your popcorn, you've got your seat, you pick the move, the money's paid, you're ready, all you've got to do is sit down and watch the movie. Okay? It's like that. It's, it's, being specific puts us in a priority queue to receive from mercy. Amen? And here's the other thing. We'll finish with this. Being specific opens the door for more. It opens the door for more. How do we know this? Verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, this is what Jesus said. It's all to happen. Bartimaeus responds to a call. Gee, what do you want? I want to receive my sight. And here's what happens. Verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Eight words. Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. The Passion Translation says this, catch this, your faith, if your faith heals you, go in peace with your sight restored. Now the, in the footnote, restored means this in the Greek. I usually chuck a word in Greek in there somewhere. Restored is this. It is the word sozo. Remember I said this, being specific opens the doors for more. It's what Jesus asked him, because I've got more to give. I've got more to give. Being blind wasn't, you know, wasn't the worst thing that this man was experiencing. Restored is the Greek word sozo and is best defined with multiple terms. Isn't this good? So here's what Bartimaeus experienced. Remember, he was restored. Someone say restored. This is what he experienced. He was delivered. He was saved. He was restored. He was healed. He was rescued. He was preserved. He was made whole. Being specific opens the doors for more. Fullness. Someone say fullness. So there is at, that at least, this is what else it says, there is at least an implication that this man was saved, healed, and delivered with sight restored all at the same time. Isn't that good? Come on. Come on. Eight words. The best eight words he would have heard in his life. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. It's like sending an eight-year-old down the Coles, the, the, the lolly aisle at Coles and saying, go and pick whatever you want. You can have it for dinner. <laughs> best thing you could ever hear. Amen. Amen. What happens after that? He's on the road with Jesus, following him. <laughs> on the road with him. His whole life spent in a gutter, begging. He grabbed his moment. You know what I believe? He's offering us some moments right now. Some moments to grab. Amen. He is mercy. He is mercy. Why don't we um
for your spout there. That'll do. Bless the Lord. Hmm?